Well, good evening. If you didn't uh, see these this morning, there's a flyer here for the uh, NCFIC Fall Conference at Asheville with uh, Steve Lawson, uh, Sam Bolton, and others. It's always at the end of October in Asheville. It's a great conference, great preaching. So uh, I invite you there if you can make it. I'd be a bunch of families from here there that will be traveling out for it. Okay, can we get uh, chapter 24, paragraph 3. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness to us. We thank you, Father, that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you that you first loved us. And Lord, you have drawn us and called us. You've made us your own. Oh, Father, we thank you. We're so grateful. Father, we ask that you would open to us your word tonight and that you would send your Holy Spirit that he would instruct us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week we looked at the first two paragraphs of chapter 24, which is speaking of the civil magistrate. And we saw in paragraph 1 that God, the supreme Lord and King of all the world, hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him. That they're a gift of God for us, and not just for us, the church. They're a gift of God to civilization. It's a common grace that we don't have anarchy, that we have civilization and structured governments is a blessing for the protection of good and the punishment of evil. And then in paragraph two, we learned that it's good and it's acceptable for Christians to be civil magistrates. Unlike the Anabaptists that said, it was, you know, Christians should never serve. They should never wield the sword. No, we believe that Christians of high integrity should hold those offices and should legislate and should rule in a godly way. It would be a blessing for civilization. It's good when the righteous rule. True? We have righteous leaders. It's good. The people rejoice. It's a good thing. And so tonight we look at civil, uh, we look at paragraph three, but we look at, at you and I as believers, how... How should we relate to civil magistrates? Let's read it together. I'll, I'll, I'll read it out loud. You can just follow along. Because this reads a little choppy. This is, uh, this, is, this is tough. Civil magistrates being set up by God for the ends aforesaid. Subjection in all things commanded by them ought to be yielded by us in the Lord, not only for wrath, but for conscience sake. And we ought to make supplications and prayers for kings and all that are in authority, that under them we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. If you have your Bibles handy, if you would turn to 
uh, Romans chapter 13. Again, Paul is writing at a time. He's writing to those in Rome. He'd never been there. And we're talking about really nice leaders, rulers, like Caligula and Nero, Nero and others. These are good guys, right? We don't have it so bad. We've got it pretty good, don't we? Romans 13, verse 1, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Police officer, a congressman, a senator, president. You hold them in in regard. You submit yourself. You place yourself under their authority. Almost 30 years ago, I was... uh, I don't know about you, but one of, one of the things that God has worked in my life and continues to work on is in the area of sanctification is in the area of authority. Because I had a real rebel streak in me. And it's been a slow process. And authorities in many areas, in, in, in the family, in the workplace, in local church, and with government. And so we had established a business almost 30 years ago and just getting going, and we're regulated by the FDA. Well, I never thought that Romans 13 applied to the FDA. And I had a bad attitude towards the FDA. I thought that they were just out to get us. And... The Lord really saw fit to help me get delivered of that. And this FDA agent would keep showing up. And I gave her a bad time. And then my elders called me in because I was asking for prayer all the time against this nasty FDA. And they said, Gary, we think you have a problem with authority. Do you realize that she is there as an agent of God for you to minister justice? <laughs> yeah, but that's talking about, you know, the sheriff, you know, the putting the bad guys in jail. 
No, that's talking about her or OSHA or the IRS or... So, I mean, it was, she was harassing me. I mean, it was, she was, and I, I was distraught. And so finally she shows up again and uh, I just, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? Because I had really had to come to wrestle with this and to repent. And I said, ma'am, I have had a bad attitude towards you. And I recognize I'm a Christian, and I have not acted like a Christian. I have not behaved like a Christian. And I need to ask you to forgive me. And I want you to know that I'm here to help you be successful at your job. And whatever you tell me to do, I'll do never saw her again and um, you know that it's a right it's having a right attitude now we'll, we'll get to civil disobedience and we'll look at some other things and there are things that government officials will do for instance in an FDA audit they will come in and they will demand things from you that are not lawful for them to have but you have to know the law regardless of what they do you still have to make sure that your heart is right. It's all about the heart, and it's seeing that their authority comes from God and that you're obeying God through them, as imperfect as they are. It's true of you children. This principle flows through to the family as well. You are to obey your parents in the Lord. In all of their imperfections, we're to obey. Okay, so here's... A point tonight that since all authority is from God, we ought to submit ourselves to it, place ourselves under it. Titus 3 1, remind them to be subject. So Paul is saying to Titus, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. In other words, to place themselves under their authority and to be ready for every good work. What does Peter say? 1 Peter 2 13. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by your doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So our obedience is to bring glory to God. It's, it's a couple. It's twofold. It's to bring glory to God, but it's also to give you and I a clear conscience before God, that we can, we can walk before all men with a clear conscience. This being under authority is a big deal, and it's, it's such a big deal that there aren't many things where Jesus marveled at of humanity but one was the case of the centurion the centurion had a servant who was sick and he came to Jesus and asked him to, to heal his servant and Jesus was coming I'm going to come I'll come and the centurion said no no you don't need to come just speak the word and my servant will be healed. He said, I am a man under authority. I tell this one to go and he goes and this one to come and he comes. 
And Jesus' response to that centurion was, he said, he marveled, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in all Israel. Because it takes a tremendous amount of faith to trust God through an imperfect human delegated authority. To believe that God can actually move through that authority on your behalf takes tremendous faith. We'd rather just go right to God. But God has ordained that there are delegated authorities in our world for his glory and our protection. What do we do when the authorities try to usurp God's authority or they usurp God's law? And the writers of of our confession were very clear to, to say that. We saw that in the sermon this morning in Acts 4.19, where Peter and John commanded them not to speak in Jesus' name, not to teach in Jesus' name. And they asked the question, you judge what's right, to listen to God or to you, to obey God or to obey you. And in Acts 5.29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. We have the Hebrew midwives that are commanded by, I believe it was Pharaoh, to kill all the male children. What are they going to do? Obey Pharaoh or break the commandment of God? They did the right thing. Or think about many uh, Christians that you know, disobeyed German law to spare Jewish people during the Holocaust. Go back to Daniel. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 5, they set up Daniel because they hated Daniel. But at that time, you shall hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre, and the psaltery, and the symphony with all kinds of music. You shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Well, we're to have no other gods. Or we're to have no idols. And so Daniel disobeys the edict. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they disobeyed the edict. You know, we don't know whether God is going to deliver us or not. But we're not going to bow before you. We don't know. There's a place. Even when we disobey government authorities because there's a higher law, our heart should always be right. Our heart should always be one of submission. It shouldn't be with with an attitude that we're, you know, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? Do you know who I am? You know, Korah had that attitude with Moses. Moses, you recall? Moses, we think you take too much upon yourself. Moses says, well, let's see about that tomorrow. You know, earth opened up and Korah's rebellion destroyed 250 years more people. We see with Miriam and Aaron, rebellion against authority is a big deal. 
recently there's been a couple of interesting things. Um, Don Hart with uh, uh, Heritage Defense. You know, there's been a lot of issues with medical things with children. This is where who who has who has got within jurisdictions who has God given authority over your children? Who who's got the authority? The government or you? Parents, Parents do. There was in, recently in Mayo. I don't know if you saw that, but a young lady. She was an adult, actually, 18, still at home, but she was had aneurysms or something. And uh, she went to Mayo, and, and she got some relief. But then the treatment that they were doing was not working. It was very, very bad. And the parents began to, actually the daughter herself and the parents began to say, what they're doing is really wrong. And they, they asked, the, they wanted to be released so they could get a second opinion and go somewhere else. And Mayo literally forbid them from leaving the hospital. And so they took their daughter and left, and they fled to North Dakota or somewhere far away, and they got her into another hospital. And sure enough, there was a, was a complete misdiagnosis. And we see that more and more. We see that uh, last year in England where the little boy had an incurable disease, and the government says, you, we're going to starve him to death. No, it's the parent. You can, with a clear conscience, no, we are to preserve life. They made all of their appeals try and spare that. I don't get dwell on that, okay? We should dwell on, as Christians, as much as it's possible, we ought to submit ourselves to every authority, and we ought to see good, bad, Nero, Democrat, Republican. We hold the office in high regard because it's God that placed civil authorities in our lives. Governmental agencies, we may not like them, we submit to them for God's glory and look for favor and have your heart right. And boy, we just don't like to obey. And then we're commanded to pray for civil authorities, the civil magistrate. And by the way, in our country, we have a separation of jurisdictions. The church has a jurisdiction and the state has a jurisdiction. Not, there's a, not that there's a separation of church and state. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not the case. But we distinctly have jurisdictions, though. But here we're to pray for those in authority. 1 Timothy 2.1, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all who are in authority, that we may lead quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Those that God has placed in positions of authority, they have extra pressure, many other pressures. You see in church government, you see that um, why we ought to pray for leaders because they're under attack. So we make Supplications, prayers, and intercessions. In Jeremiah 29, look at this. Again, looking at the heart attitude of being under authority. In captivity, Jeremiah 29, 7. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away. 
I mean, you can go kicking and screaming and hating. In a way, saints, we're in captivity right now. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. And then lastly... Trust God. Look to God. When you come, when you make an appeal, children, you make an appeal to your parents. I'm gonna, I just want to just kind of give a blanket statement on being under authority because this is a big deal. The king's hand is in the, or the heart is in the hand of the Lord and he directs it like a water course. He turns it wherever he wishes. You know, many, many years ago, I left. I had been working for my great uncle. He kind of took me under his wings when I was, my dad died when I was a kid. He took me under his wings. And Patty and I were newly married, and I was selling for him, and I, I knew that he was cheating on, on the way he was making products. And I was having a difficult time selling with a clear conscience. And... I had decided that I, I just couldn't do that any longer and I needed to move on. I, I felt God had me there because I, I loved this man like a father and I wanted this, to see him saved. But I knew it was time, it was time to, to move on. But because God had been dealing with me and teaching me about authority and being under authority, this is how he had me go out. I went to him and I said, Uncle Jim... I believe God, I need to do something else. And I believe, you know, this is an atheist of a man. I said, I believe that God is going to direct me through you. And this is a, a, a foul man. Every other word out of his mouth is a curse word. And I watched this very proverb be fulfilled because I just saw him get really tender with me. And he just looked at me and he said, Okay, because I told him I believe God was going to speak to me through him. He said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I have this idea for a business. He said, you know what? I think that's what you should do. And here's what I'll do. You get it going, and I'll, I'll just keep you on salary, and I'll pay your health insurance until you can get it going. When I think about Nebuchadnezzar, not Nebuchadnezzar, Nehemiah going to the king as a cupbearer and submitting himself and being under his authority and being a trusted servant, how God opened the doors for Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the wall. He sent him out with provision. And saints, there's such a place when we're, when we're under God's authority in all the jurisdictions of our life, there is a lot of protection there and there's a lot of blessing there. You know, when we were to get married, my elders again, suspecting a little bit of rebellion towards my parents and my stepfather, 
said, we think before you get married, you probably should go and ask your mom to forgive you for your rebellion. <laughs> Me? What about her? We think you ought to do that. And I went and I asked her to forgive me for my rebellious teen years. And I, I just think it's going to be no big deal. And she, I've never seen anybody cry like that. Just wail, cry. You know, it's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Maybe that's not you, but that's me. And uh, it's a blessing to be under authority. Amen. Joel.